When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can hear us all across the country and all of our great ESPN stations, as well as Sirius XM80 and the ESPN app. Along with Michelle Spallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Mahomes, the villain. We'll get to that in a second. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Evan. We going up on a Tuesday, Super Tuesday. Yeah, Super Tuesday. Not, not in the way that a lot of people take that time. Okay, Super all right, week. here we go already. But it's, exci- but it's exciting, though. It's you didn't exciting. hear what I just heard? What do you mean? Somebody's Wordle chat is already going. I'm, I guarantee that's what it is. See, I was going to let her make it. Nope, I wasn't going to nope, bring it up. I nope. wasn't going to make it a big deal. Thank oh, you, I just said for having my back there. Thank you. I, I appreciate you. I was trying to let you make it. Appreciate. Oh, it. I had your back. It's too early. It's six oh one. Why are we trying to call people out? Thank you. You know what I'm saying? The ding called me out. The Wordle chat is active. <laughs> Unbelievable. Your friends and this Wordle chat, it's like, when does Wordle actually get released? Is it 12.01 a.m. Eastern? Is it like know. immediately? I'm, I'm, just, I'm assuming. <laughs> These people like wait. It's like midnight madness. <laughs> right? Yeah. They're camping outside. Oh, the Wordle's there. We got it. I mean, it's not Duke, North Carolina. My God. <laughs> they're, they're diligent with their Wordle play. Let me tell Clearly. you. <laughs> oh, my God. God, Smalls, you and the Wordle <laughs> chat going off. Sorry, I same guy as last week. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Is it Was the same it guy, Tommy? Tommy? Is it Tommy? Um, it is not Tommy. It's my friend Brendan. Five Brendan. Or six today. Five Brendan. Or six. Good he's job. Been, okay. He's better. He's better. All right. <laughs> All right. We are on Sportsman like here at ESPN Radio, and yes, uh, we did have a media night last night. Obviously, with the NFL teams, the Chiefs and the Niners getting ready for Super Bowl Fifty Eight. We also had an exclusive sit down interview with Jeff Darlington of ESPN and Patrick Mahomes. We are a topic that I got to be honest, I didn't see coming. Came up. With these two guys about Mahomes' place in this big picture that is the NFL? I would say so. Um, I, I can definitely sense it. I, I, I never felt like that because I've never been like that in my entire life. But you take uh, some pride in it to know that um, everybody doesn't like you. And it's not for anything you've really done. It's just for winning. So if that means some other teams and other fan bases aren't going to like me, I'll try to still have a smile on my face and, and uh, not be a bad example. But I can be that villain for them if they, if they need me to be. That villain, that Patrick Mahomes now leaning into the idea that he could be a villain in the NFL, which I got to be honest, I haven't felt like he's the villain, but maybe Smalls, it's one of these hate us because they ain't us kind of things. Like, do you think he's a villain right now? Absolutely, he's a villain. Really? Without question. What does a villain do, right? They crush your hopes and your dreams, and that's what Patrick Mahomes has been doing for 
six plus years now. I mean, how many other fan bases have thought, oh, this is it. It's going to be our turn. And that guy stops them from going there. You don't think Ravens fans think that Patrick Mahomes is a villain? You don't think that Bills fans think Patrick Mahomes is a villain? They're looking at this guy and saying, we're not going to get what we want likely because you're going to stand in our way. And that makes him very unlikable. Yeah, it's build you up to tear you down, right? And now we have full saturation with Patrick Mahomes and his cast of characters, including my auto, Travis Kelsey, and he's dating the biggest (laughs) pop star on the planet in Taylor Swift. So yeah, I I think it's a situation now where we're waiting to see the demise of Patrick Mahomes and yet it feels like it's one of those things that's never going to happen. Like we thought it was going to be this season, right? Everybody wanted to write the Chiefs off, especially after (laughs) the Christmas Day loss to the Raiders where they embarrassed themselves at home. And then they go on this magical run, including blasting the Miami Dolphins and then going into Buffalo Patrick Mahomes for the first time on the road in the playoffs and actually getting a win against a guy that we so desperately want to create a rivalry with him. And then in the AFC Championship game against a superior roster, they find a way to be able to win and not just win, but control that game. They never trailed against the Baltimore Ravens, and that's a team with a top five offense and a top five defense. I mean, that's how dominant the Ravens have been all season long. And yet it doesn't matter because the Kansas City Chiefs find a way and that competitive greatness is something that we admire and we despise both at the same time because I think it's one of those things where we get a little bit of fatigue and that's where we're on the verge of with Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Is there a difference between a villain and villainous? Because like the word villainous kind of to me means you lean into it, you do things. Like I understand why people would look at Belichick and say he's villainous in the way he doesn't answer questions. He's not lovey-dovey in any way, shape, or form. He's got the hoodie. He's got the hoodie. He just is gruff in the way he goes yeah. about it. Mahomes is kind. He's nice. He's seemingly generous. His teammates love him. Sure, there is some stuff around him this week with the unfortunate situation with his dad getting arrested. Um, there's, like, stuff around it, but he has nothing to do with that. I don't think he does anything but win football games to make him a villain. So he's, a, in my mind... He's a different kind of villain than what we've seen in years past in the NFL. Yeah, but we like the unknown. We like the uncertainty. Uh-huh. We uh-huh. want the drama. Yes. And there really isn't any drama when it comes to where the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be in, 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 at the end of the season, right? They're going to start their year at the conference championship game, and we'll see where it goes from there. And here's the thing. For the six years, it's resulted to them being in the Super Bowl, totally. competing for a chip. And so I think there is an element of this that people get tired of what we've already seen. And, and it goes back to what we saw with the Patriots dynasty over the last couple of decades, what we saw with the Golden State dynasty mm-hmm. in the mid-2010s, what we saw with the 90s Bulls. There was an element of you know rooting against those key figures and, and, and the stars in those dynast- dynastic runs because we already – we already knew that if they were going to be on the court or on the field, that their team was going to have a chance to win a championship. And we wanted to see if somebody could ultimately dethrone them. We find ourselves in this position where we want to root for the underdog. Yes. And once upon a time, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, the Travis, they were all the underdog. And then we've seen this sustained success. And now when they're on the verge of winning three championships over four years and, and being in four Super Bowls, it, it feels like the tide is about to turn from them being consistently the underdog to the team that's favorited, and we want to see who's going to knock them off. Like, we're rooting for somebody to knock them off of the mountaintop. 
And, you know, the NFL just hasn't been able to do that quite just yet, except for Tom Brady once upon a time. So I go to my go-to website for this, the uh, Merriam-Webster Dictionary. I'm on it all the time, of course. (laughs) Uh, When you look up villain, right? There's categories of villain. A character in a story or play who opposes the hero. That's not Mahomes here, right? That would be, what do you want to say, Brady, I guess, opposing Peyton Manning early on? Maybe that would be that? Maybe. Another definition. A deliberate scoundrel or criminal. That's more, not the criminal part, but the scoundrel, that's more Draymond Green. Like, he's a villain, like, going at people, deliberate in his ways of, of being villainous. This one, I think, is the definition for Mahomes. One blame for a particular evil, not that, or difficulty. That he's blamed for the difficulty, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Why can't we go to the Super Bowl? Because of that guy. Josh Allen and the Bills. Why can't we go to the Super Bowl? Because of that guy. But I don't know. I just, when I think Mahomes, I don't think villain. But... As you just outlined that third definition, I thought of slaying the dragon or David and Goliath. It's hard to root for Goliath. We all want to root for David, right? We want to root for the underdog. I think most people into the NFC Championship game, if you didn't have a team that you, if you weren't a 49ers fan, you're cheering for the Lions because the Lions are the underdog. And we want to see new teams who've overcome difficulty find a way to get it done. It's hard to cheer for Patrick Mahomes when he's the dragon that the other teams have to slay to get where they want to go. Yeah, it's this era of inevitability, right? Yes. Like It's like gravity. We, we know it's going to happen, and it just keeps sucking the air out of the hopes and dreams of every NFL fan base in, in, you know, in football. And so I guess that's the biggest thing. It's like, can we see something to stem the tide? Can we see somebody step in and do the unthinkable, which is beat Patrick Mahomes. It took an all-time great in Tom Brady, the GOAT, in order to beat him in the biggest game. Now, we saw Patrick Mahomes lose in the conference championship game to Joe Burrow, but that team didn't win the Super Bowl. So I, I don't know that it has that same luster to it as slaying the dragon. But but in this instance, with Super Bowl 58, can we see Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy lead the San Francisco 49ers to victory over Patrick Mahomes. I think that's the storyline that everybody is rooting for just because there is an air of fatigue. But then also, we want to see somebody do the impossible. Again, it goes back to the underdog. We want to root for the underdog. And even though the 49ers are favorited, they very much feel like the underdog because when you stack up the two quarterbacks, there is no comparison. But that's the most interesting thing. and why I know Smalls would rather see a different matchup than this, but that's actually why I'm really interested in this because technically – the Chiefs are the underdogs per yeah. ESPN bet, but you're right. Nobody would look at the Chiefs and say, yeah, they're underdog in the way no. we're going about this. So much so that Mahomes during media night last night was asked about catching up to Brady's seven rings. I mean, I'm not even close to halfway, so uh, I haven't put a lot of thought into it. I mean, your goal is to be the best player that you can be. I know I'm blessed to be with, around a lot of great players around me. And so right now, it's doing whatever I can to beat a great 49ers team and trying to get that third ring. And then if you ask me that question in like 15 years, and I'll see if I can get close to seven. But seven seems like a long ways away still. This is why I can't lean into him being a villain. He answers it perfectly in my mind. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Do we look at Patrick Mahomes as the villain of the NFL yesterday, NFL because yesterday he's leaning into this conversation. He's not shying away from it. He didn't say to Jeff Darlington, "Villain, what did I do wrong?" He's saying, "Yeah, I get it. I get why other teams wouldn't like me." And you both are, are properly explaining the idea. Part of it is he's crushing dreams, and it's not that he's doing anything bad. It's not that he's saying anything bad. He's just crushing dreams, which makes him a villain. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Is Mahomes now a villain? 
in the NFL. We are on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Coming up, we will get your phone calls in on Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes, 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 plus CC's Power Rankings next. It's on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Mahomes is great. Nobody's doubting that. The term villain now has been used with Mahomes, which he's fine as. CC and Smalls are saying, yeah, he is out of the most complimentary reasons, which is he's just crushing people's Super Bowl dreams. I'm telling you, I don't see him as that villain. 888-SAY-ESPN, telephone number to be a part of the show. What do you guys think? Lindsay in North Carolina, listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Lindsay? Good morning, y'all. How y'all doing this morning? Morning, Lindsay. Carolina's in the, Carolina's in the building. Just want to say, I, I agree with Kathy. I mean, after like a team wins like two or three times, in the words of Rick Flair, we're looking for a team to beat a man, to beat a man that beats a man. And Mahomes and, and Travis have acted kind of uncharacteristic this year, you know, with their with their meltdowns and stuff that we've seen on TV, uh, be it Taylor in the building. You know, we don't know for sure if that's the case. But, I, yeah, I, I'm, rooting for, I'm rooting for the 49ers this year. Even though I'm a Cowboys fan, hey, Kathy, you know how we do around here, man. <laughs> Cowboys, but you know, I, I'm rooting for the Niners this year. Y'all have a great day. Continue doing what y'all doing. We love y'all. Peace. Thank you, Lizzie. Yeah, I, I guess most people are rooting for the Niners. Yeah, I guess that's what's happening here. Well, it's an easy team to root for, though. I mean, Brock Purdy was Mister Irrelevant. Yes. He came out of nowhere. This is a guy that was counted out quite literally, by the 49ers and everybody else, which is why he was the last pick in the draft. So, yeah, it's not surprising that people would jump on that storyline and jump on the Niners' bandwagon. But when you look at the talent on the 49ers, they're hardly an underdog. I mean, they got all pro oh, all over the place. Well, they're I mean, literally favorite, they, they, as had, you said. they had seven guys that are all on an all-pro team this year, and that's not including Nicky Bosa or Debo Samuel. I mean, this, this roster is stacked. 
And so I don't necessarily view them through that underdog lens, but the quarterback is the most important position in all the team sports. And when you look at how both quarterbacks came into the league, Patrick Mahomes was a top 10 pick, somebody that the Chiefs moved up to draft. They had the expectation that he was going to be great even before he touched the field. People called him Ferrari Mahomes. (laughs) And then there's Brock Purdy, who was the backup to the backup in San Francisco. It was Trey Lance, it was Jimmy Garoppolo, and the only reason Brock Purdy played was because the two other quarterbacks got hurt. And so it's very reminiscent of when Tom Brady stepped in in 2001. Now, Brock Purdy didn't get the team to the Super Bowl and win it that year, but you understand what I mean. It feels like a very similar path for Brock Purdy, and people want the new shiny toy, and the 49ers with Brock Purdy as their quarterback represents that as opposed to the team that's been to the Super Bowl three of the last four years and has two championships to show for it. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are about as likable a group of winners that you could probably ever find. Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, I mean, there's some really fun, likable personalities on this team, but it's just oversaturation. I think a lot of people got sick of Steph and seeing Steph there year after year after year, and he's, again, about as likable as a superstar as you're going to get, but we just want something different. I I guess to each hers or his own because I love when we have the dominance in sports and we have that figure like Mahomes that everyone has an opinion on. So I love that they're back in it. Uh, Leonard in Tennessee watching on ESPN2. What's up, Leonard? Hey, what's going on, lady and gentlemen? What's up? I'm I'm on the patch of Mahomes. Uh, he's, he's not a villain. He should be to everybody else, but I'm enjoying his greatness, y'all. I'm, I'm honestly enjoying it. I'm a Cowboys fan, so I got to find some greatness to enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the way I look at it. I mean, it's not even my team, and I'm enjoying watching his greatness. And I, I, but again, I think more people are probably like what Smalls just said than what Leonard said or how I feel about this. With the idea of they're sick of the same team over and over again, and the thought of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens or Josh Allen and the Bills is more exciting than the same thing you've seen for the fourth time now in the Super Bowl. Fred in Montana, listening on Sirius XM eighty. What's going on, Fred? Fred. All right, Fred is not there. Jay in Tampa on Sirius XM 80. What's up, Jay? Hey, man, I appreciate you guys, and I love what you do, man. Listen, Patrick Mahomes definitely is not a villain, man. Listen, this is greatness. I love seeing Michael Jordan in the finals every senior year because I got to witness greatness, okay? Jim Kelly took Buffalo to four straight Super Bowls. There was no villain there. A villain to me is the Miami Hurricanes. A villain to me is the Detroit Pistons. It's not how you win. It's the nature and how you go about winning what makes you a villain. Patrick Mahomes is greatness. And guess what? He's setting the standard for greatness. I'm a Dolphins fan. I want us to reach that level of greatness. Set the blueprint for greatness. No, he's not a villain, man. No, no way, no day. That's an interesting way of looking mm-hmm. at it because I, I think villainous is a word. I've used it three times. <laughs> yeah. If it's not, uh, <laughs> well, I hope it is. I think you guys get I what I mean is. by this. Yeah. yeah. The you in the 80s, the bad boy Pistons, that is exactly what I'm referring to as they feel like a villain and they love being a villain, right? That doesn't feel well, like they've done, but, to but me. those teams did things to make them be right. vilified, right? right? Like the Bad Boys Pistons were notorious for beating people up. Yeah. Like literally, they came out with a video game about Bill Lambeer and combat basketball. <laughs> like think about that. That's how wild it was. That was their reputation. Uh, I mean, when you start talking about some of those other teams, like the Miami, the Miami Hurricanes, like 
You mean to tell me that they weren't paying payers under the table in Miami? Of course they were. Like, those are the types of things. Two live crew exactly. in the mix. <laughs> Two live crew in the mix, and they stacked the deck because they had every five-star recruit across the country. Yes. Again, vilif- they get vilified for that. Even the, the, the three-peat Chicago Bulls, the second time they three-peated, they had a Dennis Rodman, a reason to vilify them. Again, stacking the deck in their favor. The Kansas City Chiefs haven't done that yet. Now, we'll see as the dynasty continues to evolve the next iteration whether or not they choose to do that. But they actually did the opposite. They traded Tyreek Hill two years ago, and they still won a championship with Juju Smith-Schuster and Kadarius Toney, guys that were cast off because of because of Patrick Mahomes' greatness. And the one thing that I will hold on to, and the caller mentioned it before, the competitive greatness that we get a chance to witness. Like, being at your best when your best is required. We see that routinely from Pat Mahomes on this stage. Yep. In the last couple of postseasons, this guy has been unbelievable. I mean, you're talking about video game numbers when it comes to being able to control the complexion of the game. So, the last two postseason runs, he's got six wins, no losses, 87 QBR, 70% completion percentage, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions, and only been sacked five times. That is absolutely incredible why, like that he's been able to do that. What you just said is why I wish sports fans would have that mentality of, this is awesome that I get to see this in my lifetime. Like, I feel amazing as a sports fan. I, I saw Michael Jordan. Like, that's, I saw Tom Brady. I now get to see Pat Mahomes, right? Whether I'm the biggest fan or not, I get to see LeBron James. Mike Trout, I guess. Uh, but you, you get to see all these great people. I don't know why we have to hate on them, even though I'm hating on LeBron. I just, I, I don't know why we can't just appreciate Mahomes right well, now. Well, here's the thing. We talk about hating on LeBron. People weren't hating on LeBron in 2016. Why? Because they wanted to see them beat the Golden State yes. Warriors. Well, that's true. Yes. They weren't hating on Think about that. Like, yes. that's that's where we're at. Like, you said, the, the Golden State Warriors set the regular season record for wins, and people wanted to see them lose. You said something very key in this, CeCe. It, you, it was a little slip-in, but I want to lean into this. You said they haven't done the villainous stuff Yet. Yeah. Because what happens is they win the Super Bowl this year, and we've been using Mike Evans as a placeholder for this conversation, the wide receiver for Tampa. Mike Evans says, I've made a lot of money. I have a thousand yards every year. I want to win another one. I'm going to go sign with Mahomes for $10 an hour. That's when they become villainous, even though there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. We start to hate when they add. So, like the Dodgers. But I don't know that that's true, though, because people started to hate Tom Brady after the 2004 season when they won the Super Bowl against the Eagles in Jacksonville. Like they actually three-peated. They became a dynasty, right? They won three in four years. I guess that's the label that you put on a team. If you win three over the course of a five-year stretch, you're a dynasty. Right. Agreed. The, right. the, the Patriots did that, and they des- didn't necessarily add any pieces. I think when they got Moss, people started. Yeah, Moss but that was 2007. Yeah, so, I, I mean, But people started disliking them before that. Now, you could argue maybe when the stuff about Spygate came out, right around 2006, 2007, that added fuel to the fire. Big time. Uh, but, but people started to not like the Patriots after that third championship because they had Tom Brady fatigue. He was America's darling. And remember, when they won the first championship, that was in a very tumultuous time. We were just coming off of 9-11, and the team that wins the Super Bowl was named the Patriots. Yes. Everybody wanted to be a part of that. But then, eventually, you get tired of it. You get tired of seeing his face. You get tired of seeing him on a late night circuit. You get tired of seeing him on commercials. Do you think we got tired of You get of tired of him dating actresses and supermodels, and you're just saying, you know what? I really don't like that guy. 
Everything is too perfect for him. He lives such a charmed life. I feel like that's where we're going with Patrick Mahomes. Everything's perfect about this guy. He lives a charmed life. He married his high school sweetheart. You know, they have a beautiful family. He's got all of these national TV commercial campaigns, like the most valuable bundler. I'm getting tired of it. He's even roped Taylor. He's even roped Taylor. He's even roped Taylor Swift into this thing. Like, I'm just getting tired of it. I think that's where we're at. And that's why people want to turn Patrick Mahomes into a villain, even though the only thing that he's done is what we ask of all of our athletes is to be fully committed and to do whatever it takes to win football games and have sustained success. That's right. He's done it. That's right. All he's done is what we ask of our athletes, what we demand of Never our athletes. Never gets in trouble. And once he checks all of those single boxes and he hasn't seemingly had a misstep, we want to find a reason to knock him off the perch. I think a lot of people don't want to assign him as a villain because there's no bad boy element to him. Yes. You know, some of the people and the teams that you guys described, they have that bad boy element. The Pistons, obviously. The U. Um, a lot of these. Well, Brady ultimately with Deflategate, right? Like, he got in trouble. And Well, Spygate before that. But that was Spygate before that. Spygate yeah. before that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. that one was worse. Yeah. I think Deflategate was just yeah. annoying for people. Like, PSI, no one cares. Right. But I think Spy- <laughs> Spygate we can all get mad about. The Astros, villains, because they cheated. You know? Um, the Yankees felt villainous because of the money that was involved. Too. Well, and A-Rod, I guess, is a villain for a lot of people. But Patrick Mahomes is a villain without being a bad boy. There's no bad boy element to him. Well, but so- that's a part of the problem, though. It's too perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's too perfect. You it, turned like, on it. No, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. I love I, it. I love Mahomes, but I'm just saying it's too perfect. I know. That's what people right, look we're, at. We're going to continue this perfect. conversation. We've got power rankings. We've got news around the number one pick in the draft. But first, CeCe has this from Granger. Oh, yes. For the ones who get it done. Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Canty's NFL Power Rankings. All right, CC, we got power rankings heading into Super Bowl 58. This is going to be juicy. The Niners and Chiefs fans may not like this because they may be saying goodbye to some people after Sunday. Yeah. 
What do we got for power rankings today? All right, let's kick this thing off. Here we go. The power rankings. Top five players that need a new contract in the Super Bowl. Top five players that need a new contract in the Super Bowl. So this is obviously pending free agents, but we also got some guys going into the final years of their contract that need to get paid. So let's kick this thing off with number five. Number five. Chase Young, the San Francisco 49ers traded for him in the middle of the season, a third-round pick. It's interesting that he went for a third-rounder, and Montez Sweat, his former teammate at the Commanders, went for a second-rounder. That's neither here nor there. But Chase Young, seven and a half sacks this season, 25 total pressures. Crazy thing about Chase Young, even though it feels like he's been in the league forever, he's only 24 years old. And so there's always a market for young pass rushers in the NFL. He was the second overall pick once upon a time. An immense talent has had troubles staying healthy and staying on the field. Seemingly has put that behind him with this season. So Chase Young absolutely needs a new contract this offseason. Be interested to see whether the 49ers can pony up or if he goes to greener pastures going to get his money elsewhere. If they win, that could lead him to chase the dollars and cents as opposed to stay in the Bay Area. Next! Number four, Brandon Ayuk. Let me let me phrase that differently. All pro wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, second team All Pro this year, thirteen hundred yards receiving, seven touchdowns. Crazy thing about Brandon Ayuk: over twenty percent of his catches went for twenty yards or more. Wild. This is a crazy explosive kind of guy. He's the true bona fide threat outside of the numbers, the one that dictates front and coverage for the 49ers, allows room for the underneath passing game with Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. Brandon Ayuk is a guy that you got to pay a lot of attention to because if you're leaving one-on-one, this guy can change the game. If you don't believe me, all you got to do is ask the Detroit Lions the play that we saw in the second half where the ball bounces off of the DB's face mask turning and he point. comes up with the catch. That is the turning point of the game. Brandon Ayuk is that kind of talent, a true game-breaker in every sense of the word. He's going into his fifth-year option season, so the 49ers might want to address that contract. He's got a $14 million cap hit. If you give him more money, as odd as it sounds, it could actually lower his cap hit, give them a little more room to breathe as a franchise. Next. Number three. Legereus Sneed. I mean, this guy is a lockdown cornerback. I mean, with him and Trent McDuffie, they form one of the best one-two combinations in terms of cornerback tandems in the National Football League. He's already got a championship under his belt from last year, and this guy has proven in this year that last season wasn't a fluke. You can rely on him to be one-on-one in coverage. He can line up at the slot receiver. He can line up uh, over the uh, outside wide receivers. It doesn't matter. He's scheme diverse. He can play man. He can play zone, and this guy is an absolute Absolute ball hawk. I mean, you saw it this year with being able to play sticky coverage and getting his hands on a lot of different footballs. He's got 10 interceptions in his career. And so I think that Legereus Need is going to be a guy that commands a lot of money on the open market and free agency. I would be shocked if the Kansas City Chiefs can keep Legereus Need just because of what's coming down the pike. They know they're going to have to pay Trent McDuffie, a former first round draft pick, an all pro top-of-the-market money, I don't know that they can afford two top-of-the-market corners. So, curious to see what happens with LeJarrius Steed. Either way, he's going to get a bag of money this offseason. A 27-year-old corner that has that kind of experience, I mean, we're talking about a guy that has started in 54 games in the National Football League. Mm. So, yeah, LeJarrius Steed, go get your money this offseason. Probably not going to be in Kansas City. Next. Number two. Okay, number two. We got Fred Warner. Let me change that differently. All pro Fred Warner, first team all pro linebacker. I mean, this guy is a do everything player, run and hit monster. I mean, it doesn't matter 
who, you know, who he's playing against, he's going to find a way to get active and get involved and get in opponents' backfields. He's great blitzing. He's also great in coverage. And I think that's the part that's understated about his game. There's a reason why they can line up in a lot of the different defensive personnel packages. It's because Fred Warner is not a liability in pass coverage. He can run the deep middle of the field when you're playing Tampa 2 coverage and carry the wide receivers or the tight ends down the seam. That's just how good Fred Warner is. I mean, this is a guy that is equal parts, a great cover man, and a great run and hit defender. So when it comes to the run game, when it comes to pass coverage, Fred Warner can absolutely do it all. I mean, with him and Roquan Smith, you're probably talking about the two best off-the-ball linebackers in the entire National Football League. Fred Warner, All-Pro, this guy continues to do it at a really, really high level. Going into the last year of his contract, so the 49ers are going to have to do something about that this offseason because you don't even want to let this guy get close to entertaining free agency. As I mentioned, made first-team All-Pro this year. That's his third time making an All-Pro team in his career. Next. Number one. Chris Jones. Now, we, we know what this is. We saw the, the overtures last year between the Chiefs and Chris Jones. They couldn't work out a contract. He didn't play in the first game of the regular season because of the contract dispute. But there's a good reason why this guy wants a lot of money. He's really good at football. Yeah. I mean, really good at football. He's in the defensive player of the year conversation. Ten and a half sacks this season, but I don't think that fully quantifies how good of a football player he is. I mean, he absolutely dominates. He's a guy that you got to have at least two sets of hands on every single snap. Otherwise, he's going to wreck the game for you. That's just the kind of talent that Chris Jones is. And I'm sure that any game plan that Kyle Shanahan puts together for Super Bowl Sunday is going to involve how we double-team Chris Jones, how we deal with Chris Jones on each and every snap. I mean, this is a guy that's made five All-Pro teams, and this is the third, no, fourth year in a row that he's been on an All-Pro team. And so this is an unbelievable player. I just I don't have any more accolades to put around Chris Jones because he's so good. Think about this. 75 and a half sacks as a defensive tackle. 75 and a half sacks as a defensive tackle in eight seasons. That's how good and how productive Chris Jones has been for a prolonged period of time. So that is the list. Top players in the Super Bowl that need a new contract this offseason. We've got Chris Jones, number one. Fred Warner, number two. LeJarrius Sneed, number three. We've got Brandon Ayuk, number four. Chase Young, number five. Smalls, you're my accountability partner. Any objections, any omissions? Uh, no objections, no omissions. But as you were working through that list, I thought the 49ers better get it done on Sunday because they have some uh, talent that could be leaving, and it's going to be hard, I think, for them to get back there. I would also argue that the Chiefs, I've said it a million times, and I'm, I know I'm on an island alone this year, I think they're built perfectly this year. I don't think they were built perfectly in years past. I think investing on the defense and saying to Mahomes, you figure it out on offense is actually the right thing to do. And so going based on this list, if Chris Jones is one and LeJarrius Sneed is two, if I'm the one who thinks they're built perfectly this year and not other years, if those two dudes walk, you ain't built perfectly anymore. That's the problem here. So if it means saying goodbye to some of the people on the offense that you don't want to say goodbye to for Kansas City to keep these guys, that is what I personally would advise doing. Because I think Mahomes is legitimately a football superhero, and all the money I would spend would only be on defense and offensive line. Let me ask you this as a counterpoint. 
maybe you extend Chris Jones, you franchise tag LeJarrius Sneed sure, in order to trade him. Sure, however you want to do it. No, I'm just saying oh, in order to trade him. In order to trade him. Because my thought process is find a way to get younger and cheaper. Yeah. And, and, that, and now that you had a guy graduate out of your program, you don't let him leave for nothing because the compensatory pick wouldn't represent his true value. Sure. So you franchise tag him, you trade him away to somebody that will pay him, and hopefully you get back in return you know, a premium pick, whether it's a first or second rounder. And that way you can reset the clock on the, on, money, defense. on the money that you're paying at that position. I'm fine with that. Every dollar spent if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs is, is defense as a whole or offensive line. I, I don't I – don't, you, would, you, would, you wouldn't spend money to go out and get Mike Evans? No. Oh, wow. No. Wow. And Mike Evans is a first ballot Hall of Fame football player and seemingly one of the great guys we've seen off the field as well. Sorry, if he wants to come to me on a discount, I'll take him. I ain't spending money on, on receipts. Look, I'm in the Super Bowl. I have Kadarius Tony, and I'm in the Super Bowl. But you can't take Patrick Mahomes for granted, can no. you? No. You can't take him for granted. No, but he can. And, and you want to keep him happy, too. Yeah, put that's the, the talent around him. Yeah, I'll keep Travis part. Kelsey. That'll make him happy. But what if he wants to retire? Yeah, or what if his production starts to slip a little bit? Well, then I got uh, Jarek McKinnon. I got uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Wow. I got Isaiah Mahomes Pacheco. is not sitting down with the front office and saying, we got there this year, but maybe next year, let's add, let's but add I'm some not, I'm <laughs> not overpaying for wide receivers. I will not do that. I will set a budget, and I will have an open what's invitation. Over, what's overpaying for Mike Evans? How many 10 straight 1,000-yard receiving seasons? He's amazing. I'm like, not, like, uh, what, what is overpaying for Mike Evans? Any I don't even, dollar, what does that even look like? <laughs> any dollar that takes away from Chris Jones and LeJarrius Sneed is overpaying for Mike Evans. Not paying wide receivers oh. if I have Patrick Mahomes. Not doing it. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Ever since Cliff Kingsbury joined the Commanders, been a lot of conversation about what Caleb Williams is going to do. Why is that? Well, Cliff Kingsbury was with USC last year. He joins the Commanders, their offensive coordinator. Caleb Williams from USC is going to go number one in the draft. The Bears have the number one pick, but could the Commanders potentially get in the mix? His hometown team. Now, Lincoln Riley, USC head coach, was on with Pat McAfee yesterday and was asked about Caleb Williams and if he would refuse to play for a certain team. Yeah, I think it's a total smoke screen. I mean, I think it's people playing the game. Um, I, like knowing Caleb, like location-wise, I don't think he cares one bit about where he's at. Like all of these, all of these 
franchises are in really good cities. Like really, there's advantages to anywhere that you could go. He wants to win. Uh, he wants to be a guy that's playing in this game that's getting ready to come up this week. And 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 I think for him, it's less about location and it's just more about getting in the right situation where he knows he can continue to develop and do the things that he needs to do to help a franchise be successful. And that's it. And he's got a one-track mind that way. So, uh, no, I, I don't think there's any truth to that at all. The guy wants to win. He's a competitor. Certainly, I know he would love to go first overall. I mean, as any competitor, who wouldn't? Uh, but at the end of the day, it's about winning for him and nothing else. All right, so are we putting Caleb Williams to the commanders to bet here? No. Or not until he says it? Well, while Lincoln Riley said it's not about location, he did say it's about the right situation and him wanting to win. So if I'm Caleb Williams and I think Washington is a better franchise and that I have a better option of winning there, why wouldn't I want to go there? And I'm not I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying that if I'm if I'm Washington and I think that I can get somebody like him, I'm certainly going to call Hallis Hall and see what's up. Yeah, I mean, Washington hasn't necessarily covered themselves in glory the last two decades. But no. when has it been the right situation for a young quarterback in Chicago? I mean, we can run through the list, whether it's Kay McNown or Rex Grossman or, you know, Mitch Trubisky, Justin Fields now. I mean, you can run through all of them. Like, when has it been the right situation for a young quarterback in Chicago? They are still holding on to Sid Luckman out there. <laughs> I mean, so I guess the whole point is you'd have to get really comfortable with the franchise's plan to field a competitive team around you and also have assurances that you're going to have stability at the most important position, which is the head coaching spot. You know, know, when it comes to a quarterback's development, you want to make sure that the head coach is going to be there so you can develop in the same system for, you know, consecutive years. The the worst thing you can do to stun a quarterback's growth is, A, have a bad offensive line in front of him, but, two, have him have to learn multiple systems in his first couple of years in the league. And so I think that's the danger when you look at the Chicago Bears situation because they were on the fence about Matt Eberflus and whether or not he should keep his job. They decided to retain him, but everybody in NFL circles knows that he is on the hottest of seats going into 2024. And if you're Caleb Williams and you have options or you have leverage, why would you want to put yourself in that situation? Well, that is why when the Chicago Bears ended the season and we were all talking about the future of their head coaching position, I said one thing, and I will reiterate that. They had two options, either fire him or extend him. They did neither of the two. Because what make what now you go to that place of, if they go 7-10 and 10 this year, he's going to get fired. And then they voluntarily will have Caleb Williams playing for two systems in two years. You either fire him or extend him. And they did not do either because now all I could think about is if they underachieve, why should Caleb Williams have to go through this? And if Caleb, like what, what he should do if he wants to go to the Bears and the leverage he should actually play is extend the guy. Like I, I don't want to see that I'm going to play for multiple coaches in multiple years. I'm not trying to ask out of your system. I'm just trying to be in your system, and you're not in your system. I would like, like, that's the leverage I would play. If he actually wants to go to the Bears, who, by the way, are better than the, the, the commanders right now. They're a better football team moving forward than the commanders. He should literally pressure this team to extend this but guy. why, if I'm Caleb Williams, would I want to do that before working with him and before really having that relationship? What if you get into that situation and you don't feel like he's the guy? Why would I want to have 
preemptively put myself into that situation for a long period of time. Because it's still better than playing for multiple guys over multiple years, and you still could fire him after that next year anyway. Really? Trevor Lawrence, you don't think that he is doing better now after they pulled the plug on his on Urban Meyer early, and you don't think he's doing better with Doug Peterson? Not really. Better than Urban, but not not good enough. It's better than Urban. Yeah, it's way better it's than way Urban. Better but he's got a playoff it's game It's not good enough when you have a guy that good. I'm but sorry, it's, better it's not. Than Urban. It's better than Urban, yes. But so, here's the thing. I think the, the, the stigma of this season around the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of got out of, blown out of proportion because the guy got hurt, yeah, right? He had yeah. an ankle injury, then he had a concussion, and the season went off the rails. They started out 8-3 before he got hurt. So it's not as if Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked like a competent NFL quarterback with a top 10 player at the position with Doug Peterson as opposed to Urban Meyer, which is why, to your point, Smalls, I think it's important to have that stability in place. And if you're Caleb Williams and you can help that, if you can choose to put yourself in a more favorable spot, then I I think the choice would be obvious. I think it's Washington over the Chicago Bears, and it's because of the familiarity, both in terms of the place that you're going to be playing, it's your hometown, and the guy that's going to be coaching you, your offensive coordinator, he was your OC at USC. Not to mention he's worked with Kyler Murray, he's worked with Baker Mayfield, he's worked with Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. So there is a proof of concept when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury and how he coaches quarterbacks and how that translates to NFL success. So I think if you look at all of that, the package that the Washington Commanders is is presenting for for Caleb Williams seems like it'd be more attractive than what the Chicago Bears are. So would you demand to not be drafted by the Bears? If you were him, would you say, I want to play for Washington? Get me there. I will not play for the Bears. If you were Caleb Williams, is that what you would do? If I, if I really had enough conviction and I thought this is the right situation for me, this is where I'm going to go and win and I'm going to have stability and it's going to be more of a turnkey entrance for me into the NFL, then yeah, Caleb Williams has all the leverage and power in the world. These players have more autonomy over this decision than they ever have. CeCe pointed it out yesterday. He's already made millions of dollars. It's not as if he is desperate for the money. He can really wait and try to navigate this and put himself in the best position to succeed. Absolutely. And here's the thing. We're talking about a 300 or $400 million decision when it comes down to where you go, because that's the kind of money that you could make if you play well and the team decides they want to extend you after your first three years. Like that's going to be the going rate for quarterbacks. $50 million a year contracts is going to be the norm. You know, it's it's only going to continue to balloon. So if you're Caleb Williams, you got to make your next move your best move. And that is fully vetting the Chicago Bears and the Washington Commanders. And I would say the Commanders probably have the inside track because of what they did this weekend and hired Cliff Kingsbury, but also because it's his hometown team. Would your opinions on this change if the Bears announced the contract extension for Iberflus after the season? No, because I'm still not convinced that he's going to be the guy. Chicago's still not home. I mean, there's, 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 a, there's, there's a level, there would be a level of excitement that would persist throughout the fan base that would allow Caleb Williams to get his footing into the NFL. It's going to be a hard time for things being his fault because he's the hometown kid that everybody wants to root for. If you go to any of these other franchises, any of these other fan bases, they are going to look at you as the savior and they are also going to look at you with a heightened degree of scrutiny. Not that he won't be scrutinized in Washington, but it's different when you're the hometown kid. And so so I think that's the part, to me, where you look at it in terms of trying to take pressure off of him, 
that makes a little bit of sense to try to use your leverage to stay in Washington. So Lincoln Riley is trying to put out the fire, and you two are trying to start the fire. I just want to be clear on that with Caleb Williams. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.